it's our first weekend preview of the season. Cheltenham is back. A two-day meeting on Friday and Saturday. We've also got the Old Rome Chase and the Munster National on the Sunday as well. So lots to get our teeth stuck into. This is the first time I've ever actually recorded a podcast with someone else in the room. My missus here with me and she said it was a cute that was recorded a podcast. But I told her the only cutie involved in this is Mr. James Watson. How are you, pal? Oh, thank you very much. That's that's greatly appreciated. And uh, I'm looking forward to previewing the first of the Cheltenham meetings. This, the, the word Cheltenham is already on our lips. And hopefully we can provide you through the weekend with a few winners. As I said, we're, we're recording this on, on Thursday evening. So we're not going to go too in-depth on the Friday. I'll just ask you whether there's any obvious fancies. For you on the Friday card, pal, it's a little bit maybe of, a, of an aftertime by the time anyone's listened to this. Yeah, probably the novice chase is an interesting, some nice horses in that. I think Orkham Risk has, has gone to a nice price now. He was a little bit short uh, going into the race, but now he's around 7-2. He's certainly of interest. I liked how he jumped on debut. And Strawfan Jack's another one who I think has just shown a significant amount of improvement for fences. He beat Black Poppy last time. He was a horse eye holding a fairly decent regard and um I wouldn't be surprised if he's um on on the uh on the outskirts of the first three because I, I really liked what he did first time over fences last time. Um the novice hurdle I don't really care about. Uh neither do the limited handicap chase. Um but other than that, the maiden hurdle's interesting. It's these two nice bumper horses in Hull and Back and Twin Jets take each other on. Um, I, I liked the way Hull and Back progressed last year in, in his bumpers. That fifth at Newbury wasn't too bad. And then the second at Aintree, I think, uh, was a really, really good run. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how he does over hurdles. He's had a wind operation since as well. Um, but other than that, on the on the Friday, it's very, very minimal from me. No, I agree with you. I think Hawken Risk wins really, really likeable horse, and I liked what he did on his chasing debut, beating the re-opposing Jatwal alone. So Ashtree Meadow has uh, held his own in some in pretty competitive company across the summer. That, for me, is probably the most interesting race of the weekend at Cheltenham. Uh, Music Drive, I think, just wins in the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. Pulligan Green's a horse I want on side this season. He makes his chase debut up against Tully Beg Hanning there. And Champagne Gold Henry de Bromhead bring him on over there. Really, really interesting uh, handicap chase there as well for the novices. Uh, and I think Slow Lumber in Birmingham probably wins <laughs> the uh, the amateur jockey's handicap chase again as he did in 2020. He just has a very, very good record at Cheltenham. Uh, for one not that great, he's up to a mark of 114 now, which is I guess on the high side for for what he's usually being rated. Uh, but his best form tends to come come at Cheltenham and in a race that I, I find it hard to be inspired by many of them. Uh, I think he looks a pretty solid option in that as he'll plod uh, on for a long way there and hopefully it'll be enough to gain a second victory in the race. On to Saturday, pal. Where the real stuff is, we'll run through. We'll run through all seven races. Might not spend much time on many of them. I doubt we'll be spending too much time on the first even though Jim, the three mile novice hurdle, Wrexham, brought over uh, by John McConnell three to one five over Shearer at seven to two. 
St. Pally falls. The moon sees me 11 to 2. Eight Spar, are you going to have a bet in this, pal? Probably leave it alone. Um, it's not a race that I'm entirely enthusiastic about. Wrexham sets the standard, doesn't he, really? Um, there's a, there's a few nice, there's a, the nice chase of performer Sam Pallet in this, uh, and Twig, uh, as well. The, the moon sees me is of interest. I thought, I, I'm not sure what to take out of that race last time out, uh, but he stayed on really well, strongly over two mile at Clonmel. Prior winner to a point to point. Uh, and I thought Sam Ewan gave him a really good ride last time. Uh, and he, he might be nowhere up to this standard, but um, he looks like he would relish a step up in trip like this. And uh, he's been duly obliged here against some more experienced rivals. He might be found out, um, but not a race I'm overly enthusiastic about. And I don't know what you are, Lou. No, mate, look, as, as fans of, of a team in the National League as well, we are fucking sick and tired of hearing about Wrexham. Uh, <laughs> So, so I can't be cheering on the McConnell horse. Uh, I like I like the angle with the moon sees me, Jim, and I think he's probably the one with the most scope for improvement. I think she was solid enough, to be fair. And if I was to play at the prices, it probably would be him. Comfortable, comfortable victory over Red Happy last time, who who runs every week. Uh, I was underwhelmed with Shira last season, to be fair. He was he was a horse who I thought. Could well be one to keep on side of. A little bit expensive to follow till he won at Newbury in March. Uh, but that means he's, he's still a novice until, what, end of October, is it, or, or November. Uh, good comfortable win last time out. If pushed, it would be him. But, yeah, neither of us particularly enthusiastic about the race. One we'll leave alone. A race I, I like a fair bit more, and it is a, a really interesting affair, is the... 205, the three mile handicap chase, the hollow ginge, 725 for the twist and Davis's Tully Beg, who as we said is also in on Friday, is 6 to 1, Captain Catty Stock, 6s, 8s the Wolf, 10s Cursorine, 12s Neville's Cross, Almazar Guard, and Old Gandhi, then 14s looking at Lord Accord and Motown Maggie. I said, you're not, not the deepest, uh, three mile handicap chase I will see at Cheltenham this season, but a, a pretty decent little event this for the sort of uh, bottom end of the, of the good Saturday handicappers. Yeah, I agree. And uh, this was a race. It's, it's taken my interest the most, if anything, on, on the as, as a betting wise card uh, on the Saturday. Uh, the Hollow Gins, who heads the market, was second in this race last year, off a mark of one three seven. He's now ten pounds lower, uh, but there's a good reason why. Since since that uh, good performance in uh, this race uh, last year for awful runs he used to well that was fairly brutal uh he used to run very well on heavy soft ground but the further on his career i've sort of found he's wanted it quicker his better runs have been on better ground uh he has dropped to an attractive mark uh and the ground being a little bit quicker will be in his favor uh however i i have risks attached with the hollow ginge personally the horse that uh caught my eye the most was Corserine of uh, John Joe O'Neill's progressed in 2021 from a mark of one three, uh, 113 to 136 over hurdles. He fell on chase debut uh, at Lingfield, if we cast our minds back. Uh, beating, he was going to be beating Zaguli. He jumped, jumped the last fairly effortlessly and just knuckled a little bit on landing. Um, and that cost him the race. He was probably going to absolutely bolt up that day. He was put up £7 anyway. 
Um, because he was the I was that well the handicapper was that sure he was going to win. He then went and ran uh, on the tenth of December in a novice handicap chase where he ended up being behind Corat Rambler. He was fourth. Now he's jumping that day. Obviously, the fall at Lingfield prior to that was something that caused an issue with his jumping, and, and maybe he just had a little think about his fences. But the uh, the twelfth fence, the first on the back straight after the first circuit. He's just made a little error, and then he was just found a little bit out of his gra- ground, and him and Corrat Rambler were towards the back of the field, and he saw Corrat Rambler sort of just flew through that, and them three in the back straight, and he just didn't have time to get back on his feet. However, he did rally fairly well to end up fourth in the end. Turning, turning down the back straight, you're thinking he's going to be either pulled up or towards the back, and he, he plugs on pluckily for fourth. If his jumping is a little bit better over fences this season, another year on his back, uh, I think he won't be too too far away. His, his performances after that weren't too bad either. He was second to tell off a call when giving uh, a fair amount, £18 uh, weight difference at Exeter, uh, clearly bumping into one that was well handicapped. He then had three hurdle starts after that. He was eighth in the attempts. He was fifth in the handicap at Aintree. Um, and I don't think they were too bad at performances. He's down to a mark of 137 now. Uh, when he was winning, going to win that chase at Lingfield for not knuckling or landing, he would have been winning off 135. So he's only £2 uh, higher than that. John Joe's horses are going very, very well at the minute. And normally early season, you don't not often find that. Uh, and I think at 10 to 1, he offers a hell of a lot of value in a race that is competitive, but they're all fairly exposed. However, Corsa Ren over fences isn't as exposed as others. Yeah, no, I'd agree, mate. Uh, I can definitely see that point of view. And if you were to look on last season's form, Corsa Ren's efforts over hurdles are the strongest bits of form on offer. So I have no problem with that as a shout, mate. Uh, I like the Wolf, Jim. Yeah, and and he, he was on my list as well because I've got a feeling he could pop into a big field handicap uh, possibly better than this. Yeah, he, he look, he, he's he's winless since his chase debut now, almost two years ago. But there have been good efforts in defeat, uh, uh, several of them since, including when, when runner-up at Cheltenham on New Year's Day behind fallback. Uh, got beat by Captain Cattystock in the Edinburgh National on on his next start after, obviously, Captain Cattystock. Reopposes here, but I think he's a slow, slow beast, isn't he, Captain Kystock? No, no issue with the horse whatsoever. But he, you know, he's he's won over four miles, Edinburgh National winner, and when he did drop back in trip and win at Cheltenham at the April meeting, he was beating Mr. Malaki and not a chance. Who were horses who I just <laughs> think are very, very, very beatable. Uh, so the drop back in trip, I, I can see the wolf uh, turning the tables with. Captain Cattystock, he he ran seventh in the Scottish National on his final start last season, though was ridden uh, very, very quietly and was never really put into the race to go and win it. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a horse I, I think remains on a workable enough mark off 138, has ran well at Cheltenham before, first run after a wind-up. I was going to say first time out, he, you know, he he went off favourite for the for the good race won by two for gold at Doncaster on his return last year and absolutely blew his, blew his chance by making a hash uh, of a fence very, very early on. 
he's he's just one who kind of half strikes strikes me as being still relatively unexposed over over three miles for this sort of race because we say he he went over four on his last two starts the back end of last season wasn't disgraced without me being fully convinced that was what he wants. I like him down in trip, ran well at Cheltenham before. I think 8 to one's a good price, and it would not shock me whatsoever if we were to see the Wolf produce his best effort to date. Agree, uh, agree. My only issue with him is he's jumping. Sometimes he just puts in an absolute howler and that, and that sort of... Hey, uh, that's scampers. a good... Thank you, I've, I've been waiting to do that one for ages. Um, uh, it, like, like, he's jumping at Cheltenham behind fullback was was nigh on pathetic uh, and Doncaster he's, he's made errors before in Perth um, but that's my only worry with the Wolf uh, coming from the man who fancies Cursor Wren who's had plenty of jumping errors in his three starts over fences um, but Cursor Wren's one of my best bets of the, of the weekend so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how these two get on no and on the wolf, Jim, on the wolf jumping, I'll take your point there, but I don't think he's going to make niggly mistakes. No, it's just one, ma- yeah. one major mistake. Yeah, and that, that to me worries me a little bit less than one who will make four or five errors that cost him half a length here and there. Because there will be a time when the wolf just puts in a good round. But yeah, like you say, he does have the tendency to absolutely clatter one, which, yeah, isn't, isn't ideal. But I, I, I always prefer that than one who I know will make smaller errors consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Uh, I think the Hollow Ginger is a very, very bad favourite. He just runs badly more than he runs well. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw he was favourite, I thought I'm having him. I'm taking him on every day of the week. Yeah, and assuming Tully Beg comes up here, he's got a right chance. But he's, again, hard, hard to talk about him because he's got a chance whether he runs on Friday or Saturday. Correct, yeah. Uh, the Masterson's holding hurdles in the race. You have an absolutely rancid record of picking the winner in. Uh, is it too forte? Obviously, for the four-year-old hurdlers, arguably the feature race really at Cheltenham of the weekend. Pied Piper even money favourite to beat Knight Salute. Turn the tables on him after the uh, controversy at entry last season. Nine to four for Knight Salute. Eleven to two. Doctor Parnassus. Tens. Bella Cintilla and fifty to one. Sawbuck. Uh, Jim, where do you go with this? Obviously, Knight Salute, ultra likable, ultra ultra game, one of the success stories of the season last year for Milton Harris. But he's Pied Piper just a better horse. Well, I had a thing last season, didn't I? I wasn't the biggest fan of Pied Piper, and everyone was getting a little bit, little bit giddy in January when he won that juvenile hurdle that was absolutely rancid in behind. Um, however. He he ran with a lot more credit than possibly I was giving him early season in the uh, Triumph Hurdle. Um, that's Gordon Elliott ringing to tell me that uh, I'm stopped slagging off Pied Piper. Um, however, um, uh, oh, he's back. He won't leave me alone. But the hell, Gordon, put the phone down. Uh, anyway, um, Pied Piper... He, he he got the job done at Aintree, didn't he? And, and for me, there was nothing in the disqualification. Um, it's just it's just race riding, isn't it? Uh, and Knight Salute reapposes here, and as you said, was was so admirable last year and progressing, and, and showed so much improvement for hurdles. However, this year, 
it'd be interesting to see whereabouts they line up. Now, I've always been a little bit negative on Pied Piper, saying that he's slightly ungenuine on the flat. He's not proved that to me yet over hurdles. Um, however, I, I, he's not a horse I've warmed to, and even money's a skinny price about a horse I aren't a massive fan of. Night Salute at 9-4 to four is... I don't know whereabouts I'll stand with him this year. Uh, this is probably going to be a watch and enjoy race. If you were to push me for a bet, it would probably be Dr. Parnassus, uh, a horse who stays, stays a little bit further. He'd won over two mile three at Taunton, uh, beating a horse I like a lot. Um, he wasn't beaten all that far in the Triumph Hurdle. Um, he was towards the rear and given a very canny ride, and we never really saw him to best effect. Um, he then got beat in that, in that last race of the season at Sandown for the uh, novices and uh, that ground is horrendous there and it's, it's never no fun uh, and I'd, I think he could be interesting this year we've only seen him over um, hurdles in four starts and he never won on the flat however I think that this season a little bit more progression over hurdles and he might not necessarily be winning this but I, th- I don't think he'd be too far away from the front two I think that he, there's certainly a nice handicap to win with him throughout the season. Um, he's a horse I'd rather keep on side than keep keep away, and I'm going to take that risk. Fair enough, pal. I, I think Pied Piper probably wins, but it's not a betting race, is it? Uh, half surprised that the disparity between Pied Piper and Knight Salute uh, evens to nine to four, but I. Uh, I fully, fully understand uh, why he may be a little bit shorter than that. So just, just you know, he, I guess his best form is, is a couple of pounds ahead of Knight Salutes, who is, is one I think people kind of expected to stop improving last year, though, and he didn't. Uh, won't be the first time I've got him badly wrong. But, yeah, not a betting race for me, but I, I, think, the fav, I think the Fav wins. Uh, on to the two mile handicap chase at 3.15 clear the runway searching for his sixth win in a row 3-1 to one Fav for Laura Morgan and Adam Wedge Editor Ajit 7-2 Dad's Lad 4s 8 the Widowmaker and the Welsh champion hurdle winner Ethanoc Fizz 12s Poseidon and El Baracho uh, Jim this is, this is an interesting race because you've got one on a massive upward curve in the shape of clear the runway, as we said, won his last five starts through the summer, two of them over hurdles, taking on Editor Ajit, who is about as good a two-mile handicapper as you can find. Yeah, exactly that. Um, like you said, clear the runway has done some progression, uh, sort of quietly away, really. No one's really noticed. Started off a mark of 98 and uh, now up to mark of 142. Laura Morgan's done a tremendous job uh, with Clear the Runway. And it'd be interesting to see whereabouts he stands here. Um, Editor Dijit, we saw last year, he, he was, I'd say he ran no, well enough in the Grand Annual. I mean, he was fourth, but like the hype and the talk going into him, they were pretty confident. Um, maybe entry was just, it all just happened a little bit too much for him, uh, stepping into grade one class from handicaps long season, maybe it just wasn't for him however, back out again this season over a course and distance he enjoys 
Uh, we saw him beat Stoll and Silva last year and Cheadleton, uh, as well as Ferrero Bamboo, who was solid in two-mile chases. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he makes up towards the end of this season. Lou, do you think he could be a graded chaser by the end of the year? Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't me either, but I'd like to see him do it first. Um, I mean, he's carried a fair amount of weight around Cheltenham before in, in a handicap chase, so there's no reason why uh, I couldn't see him possibly being there or thereabouts again. Uh, it, it wouldn't be turf talk without the mention of, of the Jotas I trained the Widowmaker. We saw him only over three uh, three chase starts last year, one win, one second, and a third. Um, his win was good first time out, uh, beating Coconut Splash, who's a little bit of a cliff horse for a few people. Um, he was towards the rear that day, and he's normally a forward, quite a keen-going sort of horse. Uh, he was cruising into uh, into contention and then made a, mis- a bad mistake at the second last and got away with it and still won. Uh, he ran against Emir Sakra. Uh, giving him a fair amount of weight and uh, he just looked a little bit one pace uh, over two mile three. He then ran uh, in the manifesto behind Miller's Bank and Warlord. Question mark on, on how strong that grade one form is. Um, however, he's still on a mark of 140, uh, which I think this season could spark a little bit more improvement. The pace of this race will be interesting. Because we've got quite a few front runners in this, and how he settles will ultimately decide how he goes. I think. I think Eddie Tajiji will go forward. Efinok Fizz will be will be pushing the pace along. We saw how he made all in in the uh, Welsh Champion Hurdle last time. Clear the runway. The race could set up for him. Um, although he is running against better rivals, he might find that there is a bit of a meltdown in the race, and and that could could suit him if Brendan Powell can get the Widowmaker settled in behind the front two um, I think that he could be a little bit of value at 8-1 um, Chucky and El Baracho as well he, he's gone from the front at Weatherby last time as well so the way the race is running I think clear the runway if he if he handles this improvement in class of horses I think the race could run to suit him uh, however, the Widowmaker, I think there is there is room off a mark of 140 uh, for him to be there or thereabouts towards the finish. Fair enough, mate. Again, I'm probably with the favourite here, clear the runway. I, I'm a big fan of Editor the Sheet, and like, like you say, I had, had a great season last year, won twice over course and distance. Uh, I, know, I know they tried to throw him into the melon, which was a little bit speculative, and I'm also not certain he's a two and a half mile. Well, in fact, I don't think he's a two and a half mile. Uh, but given the fact that Clear the Runway's got race fitness, he's clearly on such a steep upward curve. I think it'd probably require a career best from Editor Digi to get the better of him. He's the one I like. Obviously, a couple of the Irish Raiders are interesting that, that you've touched on. Dad's lad. Back over fences as well, having won on the flat at Galway and over fences at Killarney in the summer last scene in the Grade B handicap hurdle at La Stowell where he ran all right-ish. I guess, I, th- I think he needs more of form. I think he's a little bit priced on her, the willy factor. So, yeah, clear the runway if if pushed to other, but it's not one I'm, I'm gagging to back. But I think three tons are fair enough price and I wouldn't put anyone off. 
Yeah, that's that's more than fair. Like it's not a race I'm overly enthusiastic about. Um, however, three to one could look a very good price uh, when he's cruising home. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate, saying you're not overly enthusiastic about that, I wonder how enthusiastic you'll be about a Potemps qualifier. We love Potemps qualifiers. Oh, no the best, ever. the best races of them all, Jim. Less cheating this year, though. Less cheating, only the top four. Which means you're going to have to be a little bit cleverer. Uh, but no, again, this this is a really, really competitive race, to be fair, this this Potemps qualifier. Botox has 6-1, to one, Giant Fav with Shoot first. A Charles Burns Raider with a £7 claimer in a Potemps qualifier in October. Hmm. Things we love to see. Things we love to see. Gordon Elliott's got Salvador Ziggy at fifteen to two. Panic Attack, seventeen to two. Ante is nines. Twelves Lieutenant Highway, fourteens. Silver Sheen. Remember when he was a real potent talking horse? And did they leave you out too? And the real whacker and Streets and Diane, sixteen. Same price. Moon King, twenty-five to one bar. Although we must give a mention to the man, the myth, the Kansas City Chief, who's available to back at twenty-five to one. Uh, Jim, am I okay to start here, mate? Because all being well, given that they try with them, his Botox has just not the best horse in this race. You feel free. You you fire away, son. <sighs> Look, it's a potential qualifier, so I'm. <laughs> it's tricky, and it's his first, obviously, one of the season. But Botox has his form last year. It was just mad, mad solid, wasn't it? Especially when stepped up in trip. Midfield in the Great Wood. Probably, I guess, people may have been a little bit disappointed by that given he came out of his uh, came out of his juvenile season uh, I guess as one very much with the, the look of one who could go and, and win win a big handicap and he didn't really in his first season over hurdles and then again midfield in the Greatwood on his return last year but when they stepped him up in trip that kind of brought about the improvement Chase home Kansas City Chief at Christmas and again, fill the place behind Kansas City Chief and the winner Dolphin Square on New Year's Day. Then drop back in trip, caused a massive shock, obviously, when he won the, the National Spirit, showing a really good attitude to overhaul, brewing up a storm there. He's rated 140, mate. Given that he was competing off similar marks in good handicaps over course and distance last season, and then went and what what looked a, a clear career best in the national spirit last time. If we take that literally and he's ready to roll, I think he takes the beating. Although the scary ones are the are the Irish Raiders, surely shoot first and Salvador Zige. Yeah, completely fair case made by Botox. It's, it's sort of unbelievable that you only got put up a pound for that Fontwell victory, really. Because looking at them, them horses that he's beat are. 158, 153, 152, 146. Like they're all high-rated horses. You think that, and I know he, I know he only got up in the shadows of the post. Um, but you think the handicapper would have bumped him up a bit more than a pound. Um, he obviously has clear credentials. He's uh, ran in these sorts of races last year behind Kansas City Chief uh, twice. Um, and like you said, six to one couldn't is, is a fair enough price about him. Um, like you said, the two Irish duo are, are two to be very wary of. Salvador Ziggy's done a lot of progression uh, over in the summer, uh, winning a nice hurdle last time, beating off you go 
Ronald Pump and, and Duffel Court um, fairly impressively, I thought, on, on good ground. Uh, good ground seems to be the key to him. Um, and it'd be interesting to see uh, how he comes over in, in a competitive handicap like this. The horse that I'll probably be, back, be backing, and I think it's a bit of, a bit of value, is a horse I mentioned very briefly in, in the 12 to follow. Uh, he wasn't in the list, but uh, the real whacker, um, I think there's a bit of juice in his mark of 137. Um, he won at Carlisle, which isn't often known for producing many decent maiden hurdles, but he won going away strongly over three mile one. Looked like he needed every inch of the distance uh, when winning comfortably. He then went and ran in the River Don. Now, the River Don, is a, how it's still a grade two is questionable, uh, where he got beat by Marla's Mission, um, who runs later on in the card and, and obviously has, has positive credentials. But he, he just went all over the shop in that race. He did an awful lot wrong. He didn't jump the second out very well. Uh, he went left, he went right, he hung for 120 yards, uh, but he carried on plodding on and, and it was, I was looking forward to seeing him a, a bigger target. I thought maybe an entry for him, so there's obviously been an issue. Um, coming into the season off a mark of 137, I think he's entirely workable. I like the fact that they're keeping him over hurdles, give him a little bit more experience. Uh, and I think at 16 to 1, I, I, I don't think it's a a too bad a price. Anderfield's not renowned for a hurdlers. However, she's done all right over the over the uh, summer at Perth with the wounded knee off the top of my head. Um, and I think that the real whack could progress into a nice handicap hurdler this year. And I think at sixties could be could be of interest. Yeah, I, I can see that, mate. Salvador Ziggy, we've not mentioned him really, won four times this summer, really progressive, including winning a good race at Down Royal last time where he beat uh, Off You Go and Ronald Pump, giving them weight, taking that form literally. He doesn't look on a poor mark on 145 and surely should go well. I think he's probably the biggest threat, on my opinion, to the selection. Obviously, Panikataka as well, who maybe took her a while to, to live up to the hype. Uh, Generated by her debut bumper win at Market Raisin back in the day, but won at Cheltenham back end of last season, then went and ran second in the long distance handicap hurdle. I think this is a good, a good quality potential qualifier, mate. I think these are, it's not a, you, you can often get one where you look at it and you think, I don't think any of these horses are interesting. I don't think this is the case here. Fractionally with Botox has, and I, I probably will, will back him each way. Uh, to make the frame at about six to one, uh, you'll, you'll get the four places. Can I just mention one more, Lou, just before we're done? Go on, bud. Ask Dylan could be a little bit overpriced at 25s. Um, one in the April in a handicap at Cheltenham off a mark of 144 with Liam Harrison claiming seven off. He's off a mark of 136 here with Jack Hogan taking seven off. Uh, which would bring him to a career, well, even off a mark of 136, he's a career low mark. Um, so he'd be running off 129. Um, he, after winning that, his form has been very hit and miss, but he, he does tend to put in decent performances. That third behind Kansas City Chief and Botox has last season uh, isn't a too bad a run. He was pitched against the big, big boys in the Bet365 West Yorkshire Hurdle uh, last season. Uh, where he wasn't that didn't run that badly, and that was only 
four starts ago. He was on a mark of 146 in graded company there, and he's now on 136. With the seven-pound Jack Hogan taking off, who's very handy in the saddle. Uh, Fergal O'Brien is flying as always. Is he ever out of form? Um, I think that Ask Dylan will will spearhead my duo in this race of him and the real wacker. I, I think he I could have a little bit of twenty fives about him. Uh, he's a price of, of certain interest for me. Fair enough, mate. There are no prices currently for the the four twenty five of Jim Wilson Memorial Novices Chase Ashtree Meadow uh, is declared there as well. Good interesting race. So where uh, we've had four of the five. Declared being Irish Raiders, Chemical Energy horse are backed in the Martin Pike last season, looking to follow up from his last Stowell success. Life in the Park, as well as Henry de Bromheads, has won his last three starts, including on Chase debut again at last Stowell last time, where he won what was a tidy enough race, the likes of Volcano, Good Time Johnny, Bardenstown Lad, the National Hunt Chase winner, or Twitter would have us believe Bardenstown Lad. <laughs> All maybe maybe John McConnell's has the national hunt chase winner, but he's running in this race. I I I think Marlon Mission is the one they've got to beat. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of of him. I mentioned he beat the real Wacker in the River Don. Uh, he didn't run awfully in the Albert Bartlett last year. Then went up to Perth and beat Complete Unknown, who had won at Sandown in the Valuable uh, Novice Handicap Hurdle. Um, going over, he's always looked like a chaser. Uh, and I think he could turn into a bit of a national chase prospect for John McConnell this year. Maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh for him. Uh, he might be a little bit quick for that. Um, however, I just think he might fall short at, at graded level, and that might be a, a logical target for him. Like you said, a, a very deep race with decent Irish contenders, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing Marlon Mission jump a fence for the first time in public. Yeah, me too. I, I I I hold his defeat of complete unknown, who's a horse I really rate, and think he's going to make a smashing smashing chaser this year uh, at Perth as probably the best piece of form on offer. Seventh in the Albert Battle last season. I'm excited to see Marlon Mission over a fence, and I like uh, what you say about the National Hunt Chase because I think he is going to be that sort of horse who wants probably <laughs> three and a half miles ish. You know the sort the sort that'll, that'll be running him possibly Ladbrokes trophies and the likes uh, in the years to come uh, I don't think it is worth saying anything too clever about the bumper other than strong leader who looked an absolute beast uh, when he won on debut is there and I, I'm happy enough to see him back out yeah it's, it's, a, ve- it's a very very nice race I think there's a few nice horses in it Milton Harris fields two of them uh, who have been impressive on their starts um school days over as a horse i i quite like as well uh and john mcconnell also sends one over in that as well so i think i think it could turn out to be a fairly deep race that but strong lead as a horse that we uh me and lewis have uh been a fan on a uh, fan of uh, since he's with at warwick so he's one to keep an eye on for the season yeah that's all fair that'll wrap it up for Cheltenham, jim you also wanted to touch on the feature at kelso on saturday the edinburgh gin chase does he know and sounds Russian 92 giant favs there to be I right at sixes, Bavington Bob, Rapid Flight, Castle Robin Sevens, eight Sievers Oscar, 17 to two Big River, 12 Hill 16, and, tw- and 16's Darasha Counter. Uh, Jim, this is a really, really good good race, as good as anything they have at Cheltenham this weekend. 
Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say this is probably the best handicap chase of the weekend, uh, quality-wise. Um, sounds Russian uh, running in uh, uh, a competitive handicap. Um, we'll see whereabouts he stands. He, he ran a, he showed a, a lot of progression last season over fences. Uh, he was beat on chase debut, but then went on and, and won three in a row at Sedgefield and Kelso. Over over uh, two miles seven and two miles six. This extra two furlongs, I think, will suit today. He was he was closing on Dusart last season. I know Dusart made made the error, um, and he got a lot closer to him than I was expecting. He headed him, didn't he? Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes this season, uh, and if they can find uh, any more improvement. Uh, if he wins this, he he's gonna. Gonna have to have a go at some listed or maybe graded chases. Do you think he could turn into a bit of a national horse? Yes, I think he wins this as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I like sounds Russian Jim. Just everything he did last season just screamed good handicaps next year. Yeah, I I, I agree, and and I hope Ruth Jefferson has another nice one on her hands because, well, I, I I like Ruth Jefferson. No no reason, just I hope she does well. Do you think she got shafted and waiting patiently? Yes. Is that what you were going to say? Yes, but I, I, I didn't want to come across like that, but yes, I, d- I do. And Christian Williams did a brilliant job with him, didn't he? <laughs> no, look, it's, it's a good race. It's, it's, it's a race where a lot of them are likeable. How how easy to like was Does He Know last year, especially when he won that absolutely uh, rancid Reynolds Town. <laughs> It, look, it was rancid, but he he was the only one who looked remotely comfortable in in that in that environment. And I like a horse who clearly doesn't mind uh, doing it the shit way. He, he's won six of his thirteen starts, but yet I still dislike him. Oh, you dislike everyone? How can you dislike? Does he know, mate? He just he just wins waff races, doesn't he? And then gets loads of credit, like. Even these victories, you think he shouldn't really be winning, and he does. Uh, maybe that's something I should like about him. However, I don't. Um, <laughs> and I think he he could be found out this season off a mark of 152. Um, Big River always runs well at Kelso. That's always well certain, worth saying that at the grand old age of 12. We saw him win two races, beating Cash, Cash to Ash last season. Um and the Rasha counter, I'm looking forward to seeing a proper season given with him. We saw him twice last year, uh, ending up in the National, which saw him on seat. But hopefully they give it, get a proper campaign with him this year. And he's only 10. There's still more to come from him, I'm sure. Yeah, for a season that uh, saw the Rasha counter, I mean, not finished ahead of a horse who, who actually completed the race. He was last of four finishers. In the Denman, and then to be fair, he's unseated in the Grand National. wasn't his fault. He got taken out at the canal turn, but I thought he shaped like he still had ability last year. So he's interested, although he's not priced like they expect him to run well first time up. I write he's just one of the most likable horses in trading. Finally got a deserved win in the rehearsal last season. Again, Mark possibly possibly stiff enough. I thought he was gonna. I say I backed him in the Cotswold Chase when I thought he was gonna beat the the recently retired Santini and the retired in the not too distant future Chantry House. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, 
No, but yeah, sound, sounds rushing to me is the one who I, I think appeals as being on the nicest mark opening the season. And uh, yeah, there's good races to be won by him this year, especially in the north. But yeah, fair shout from you, Jim, wanting us to talk about that race because it is a really, really strong, competitive, staying handicap chase, the sort of race that I live for. Uh, moving on briefly to the Sunday, pal. Obviously, we don't have final declarations in yet. Uh, the Vierley on Rouge Veterans Handicap Chase, that makes me very, very happy that entry have named the race after Vierley on Rouge. Uh, some really good names in that as well. Your, your Cloth Caps, Dingo Dollars, uh, Winter Avenue and Cool Cody's entered there as well, although he runs over hurdles at Cheltenham on Friday. The race we do have prices for, and arguably the feature of the whole weekend, is the Old Rome Chase at 240 at entry Hitman. The 11 to 4 Fav to beat Do Your Job at 4 to 1. Fives Miller's Bank. Sevens Beakstown. <laughs> ah, shit. Here we go again. Don't you laugh, Jim. Don't you laugh at my Beakstown. Tens Soldier of Destiny and Coconut Splash. Fourteens to Captain Tomcat, Il Ridotto. Sixteens Galore Riders on the Storm and One, one True King. Uh, I'll let you start this, mate. If they all turn up at those prices, who would you be with? Um, well, you'd have to be with Hitman, wouldn't you? Uh, at eleven to four, if he turns up, do you think him? Do you think they'll run both Hitman and Ilverdotto, or do you think they'll just run one or the other? Well, my friend, Ooh. this is the dilemma. Go on. I think Ilverdotto has a massive season. H- hence, why he's in the turf top twelve. Exactly. If he rocks up here, I'll back him at fourteen. I, I can see... I, I like him more as a two-miler, right? I like him more as a two-miler, as it stands. But I think quick ground, entry... I can see him actually stepping forward for two and a half. And when I put him forward for the turf dot 12, that was two-mile handicap chases in my mind. But he, like, you know, if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to the turf dot 12, where I spend a good five minutes outlining my master plan for Il Ridotto this season <laughs> and why he's going to have an absolutely fine, fine year. <laughs> I, in fact, reference Hitman. Said he reminds me of Hitman. You know, that sort of young Paul Nichols horse who just really takes off in his second season over fences. Uh, he's going to be so much better than 140 horse if he turns up here. I really like him and I can actually see the two and a half on quick ground being well up his street. Uh, I think Hitman's a right fab and it won't shock me if he wins. But at the prices, I prefer El Ridotto and I would also, I also prefer Miller's Bank. Fair enough. Uh, Who is, he's rated 153, Jim. First, first go uh, in a handicap chase. Uh, obviously won the manifesto at Aintree at the back end of last season where he rather easily beat Warlord. Uh, that wasn't a good grade one at all, though. Warlord is a good yardstick, mate. Rated 149. That's probably about fair. Miller's Bank fairly want him. He's now rated 153. And the key aspect with him is that he's just a significantly better horse at Aintree. Yeah. yeah that's, that's that's entirely fair. Do you know what Ilberato means? Um, I'll just Google Translate it. Presuming Il Ridotto is French. Uh, it means he laughed. So it looks as, Italian to me. Uh, I can I can translate it from Italian as the reduced. So uh, he could be like a half-price hitman. 
he's been reduced. That was pathetic. That was pathetic. Um, like I said, a, a competitive race. Do your job was very, very solid last season. Um, all of it is small runner uh, chases. He, he bumped into Edward Stone and third time lucky. Um, but he got his, his wins at Newcastle and at, in the grade two being Ilvedotto and, and Manella Drama. Um, he he was ultra consistent last season and, and I'd like to see him have another nice season and be competitive in some good, decent handicaps. Um, but slightly boring for me, but Hitman, I think he'll carry on his progression last year. Second to Fakir Duderi in the in the marsh. Uh, Melling Chase, sorry, last year. Uh, bumped into uh, Funambul Sivala uh, in the spirit. He brings in solid graded form um, and I'm looking forward to to see him here in 11-4 to 4 in a race that is competitive. But uh, a slight question mark about Nichols' horses and Nichols' form at this time of year. I don't think they're absolutely flying at the minute. He's having winners here and there. Um, that would be a little worry for me. Um, but hopefully um, Mason, Hogarth, Ferguson and Dunn will, will have the winner of this in, uh, for, the, for the Turf Talk team. Yeah, hopefully, Paul. I like doing your job as well. And I think one four six is a fair... Opening mark for the season for him. Uh, do you think Hitman wins a grade one this season? No. Me neither. But he could win this, so that's a bit of a juxtaposition, really. I'm saying he, he could win this grade two, but he won't win a grade one. He, he's he's good, but he's not Carly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a dig that mate that's a dig that'll compliment Carly Christ. not as good as Carly uh, <laughs> the final race we'll talk about Jim is a big field Irish handicap chase 3.35 at Limerick on the Sunday the JT McNamara Munster National uh, 8 and that a shame 7-1 to one, joint 5 with Donkeyers 9's Velvet Elvis who I think has a good season 11's the mighty far class. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Sorry, because it's just going to be another season of Beatstown and far class winning handicap chases. It's, that's all it's going to be. And they're all going to finish second. Oh, we're all going to be disappointed and going, oh, he would have won this if he hadn't have fallen. But he didn't He, he, he didn't jump the fence, so he didn't win. So, sorry. No, do you know what, Jim? I'm, I'm firmly off the Beatstown train now, right? I liked Beatstown when he was a novice hurdler. I've not backed him genuinely for about three years. Far class, I will continue to back every time he runs. He's 11 to 1. So's early doors and far Delage. 12's a wave of the sea and Max Flamingo. 14 to 1, Lieutenant Command walking on glass. Then you're looking at 16's bar them. Uh, again, Jim, we don't have final bets for this, but anything catch your eye here. Uh, there are a couple of horses, like I said, that I, I think are going to have productive years in this entered, and I think it's fairly interesting. Um, not an awful lot. I've not had a, a massive study of this as much as I am, as Munster National fan as much as you are. Uh, but just scrolling <laughs> down the field, um, I've just lost it. I'm Falco Blitz. I never knew he, I didn't know he'd change uh, over to him at McNamara. Um, stepping up to three miles. He's a horse who I thought in time would want three miles. Um, he's never he has been tried over it before, um, but over fences this is the first time. He's not an horse that I've, I don't know an awful lot about, and I haven't studied this race as, as deeply as as others. Um, but 
Um, interesting that he's changed stable. I know he's had a run from, uh, but over an, an, in a, in an inadequate distance. Ain't that shame? There was a lot of talk about him last year going into Cheltenham uh, that he was one of the good things in the handicaps and bumped into Champagne Platinum uh, in beginners chasing Galapanda Champ. Um, and he was behind Statler. He had decent no- novice chase form. A mark of 137 is entirely workable. I think Kevin Blake's tipped him somewhere, um, which is probably the reason why he's heading the market. But it's understandable why he is uh, favourite off a mark of 137. And, and big son of Jeremy can carry on his progression and win some nice handicaps this year. Maybe even pick up a grade three pathetic chase around Clonmel or something like that. <laughs> The disrespect to Clonmel, but I agree, Jim. I was one of the Muppets who backed Ain't That a Shame at Cheltenham <laughs> uh, in an absolutely dreadful Kim Muir where it felt like everything with a chance was taken out uh, and got won by some some horse I don't think anyone had ever heard of who'd been what, running running round the reopened Folkestone the week before off 117. Interesting so, story about that race. My mate had backed Shambard in that race, right? No, and he didn't. No one backed Shambhal. He did. He did, <laughs> right? But he thought it was the horse. He, he started shouting for mint condition because he couldn't see the colours properly. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was cheering the home Shambhal because he'd backed it. I'm like, how the hell have you got Shambhal? And then uh, he was like, oh, I've, at least there was five places. I've got fifth with, mint, uh, with what he thought was Shambhal. I was like, it's it's one, and I've never been so fuming on a race course that someone's back to forty to one winner. I won't like you to be fuming, would it, mate? No, no. I, I give him another chance here, mate. Cause like you said, he's beginning to chase form. Last season just looks looks better than one three seven, and he's going to stay very very well. If I'm deadly honest, one of the reasons why I liked him for the Kim Muir so much last year was because I do think he's a little bit of a slow lumbering giraffe type creature. So. <laughs> <laughs> who prob- probably, you know, wants a stamina test at three miles, uh, but yet yeah, very much appeals as a type to make his mark in good Irish handicap chasers. Last season, Velvet Elvis is a nice horse, fifth, uh, sorry, sixth in the Irish National last season. He's still young for Thomas Gibney, and I'd be happy to see him go well here as well. And far class, he's just better than a one fifty. <laughs> How many seasons have we been saying this? Jim, he's only ever been beaten by really, really well handicapped horses, ever. He's better than a 150 horse, right? Look look at his form. Has he ever been better than 150? The one time he was higher than 150, he was 151, and he fell in the Irish National. I'm not having this. No. He's not as good as you think. What's Run Wild Fred currently rated? One five four, one five four. Far class was only beaten by him when Rumile Fed was was on one three five. It was fifth in the Grand National, despite clearly not not really wanting the trip. The sh- he took the shunter to beat him at, at Cheltenham, you know, in twenty twenty one. The shunter who is a hall of fame in terms of you know cheating the handicapper horse. <laughs> You know, it takes that level of skullduggery to beat far class. You know, if you look at look at the year, even going back into his actual form. You know, in early twenty twenty one, that 
the the big the big race at the Dublin Racing Festival. Off you go. Who is another Hall of Fame cheating horse in that race? And then Minella Times, who won a Grand National and Live Love Laugh, who you know went and won a Topham. His form stacks up so so well. There are no holes in it apart from when he falls over. No one remembers who finishes second. Look at Pop Idol. It's, it's far class every time. Pop, look at Pop Idol. Will Young's always remembered, never Gareth Gates. Far class is basically Gareth Gates. I was waiting so, to see whether my last wanted to contribute there because she went to the same school as Gareth Gates. That's that's bizarre. Uh, she says she's met him. Oh. <laughs> he drives a Range Rover. <laughs> well, um, who'd have thought that Gareth Gates would have made an appearance on a horse racing podcast? I think that's the first. Hey, look, we're running out of things to talk about on turf. <laughs> it's been five years now, pal. <laughs> five years. Uh, I think I think that'll be it to be wrapped up, Jim. The other notable thing to talk about uh, from. Limerick would be, you didn't realise that uh, Falco Blitz is with Emmett McNamara now. Sorry, uh, is it Eric McNamara? Sorry, not Emmett. E McNamara, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Eric, uh, but it's uh, he's got real steel as well. Does he? Yes. He's got, he's got, some, he's got a right duo there, hasn't he? What a dream team that is, pal. What a dream team. Oh, has, has a horse ever ever lived off the back of one run where they finished sixth as much as Real Steel Rat uh, has lived off his Gold Cup sixth. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Just just a quick mention before we go. Um, the handicap hurdler Aintree after the old row and he's, he's nice and competitive. Uh, Dashwood Drash is back. Gentleman at arms. Uh, my favourite horse of last year. Good risk at all. Uh... And Black Lion might be running over hurdles, which is, will be fun. And a bit of a cliff horse for me, I was surprised with Ben Bromley claiming seven. If he gets in off, bo- off bottom, bottom weight, with Ben Bromley carrying the absolute least he can, if he can get him to settle at the back and get him to jump, there is a race in our surprise somewhere. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And the maiden hurdle after it always throws up a nice horse. Um, and we've all been caught. Nigel Twiston Davis has entered in that as well as a race at Chepstow in a few days' time. Uh, he won a nice bumper at Newbury, uh, which the second has come out and won first time over hurdles and fire streams a horse who was a sort of a decent yardstick in bumpers last year. Uh, but other than that, that's that's all from me for the weekend. Beautiful, beautiful stuff, mate. Your nap for the weekend, pal. It's it's gonna go in the, the two or five on Saturday. Uh, and be close around at ten to one. We're going to kick kick the first preview pod off with a ten to one. No, and I'm going to take you on in the same race with the wolf. That's that's fair enough. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to Turf Talk again. The first proper preview of the season. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you found we found you a couple of winners. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Stay safe.